The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be Matthew's Gospel has plenty of moments for us that are epiphanies about who God is, who Jesus is, uh, as this person here in the world. We heard it last week. We heard it, uh, the message giving, being given to the Gentiles as those wise men from the East, the sages, the astrologers, whatever you want to call them, as they see the star rising and they follow that star to the place where Jesus laid. So this week, we have from Matthew's Gospel, Jesus' Baptism. And there's at least several things here that are important to point out as Matthew tells the story just a little bit different than, his, than the other Gospels. Now there's this whole conversation that happens in Matthew between, between John and between Jesus about whether this is a proper thing for John to do to baptize Jesus. And Jesus says to him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And those words, fulfill all righteousness, are important words here in Matthew's gospel. You see, on some levels, what we've done is we've taken righteousness to mean something that we can do for, not, not something we can do for ourselves, but something that is individual, uh, something that is held by a single person, some sense of uh, righteousness as something we have. But when Jesus says that he's fulfilling all righteousness, what he's talking about is God's saving action in the world. So for Jesus to be baptized, he's not being baptized to repent of sins. He hasn't committed sins. He's not baptizing because it's what the right thing to do was but he's being baptized to fulfill all righteousness, to fulfill God's saving action in the world. Now, another important thing about the way Matthew tells this story is that when Jesus comes out of the water, we again hear of the Spirit descending from heaven. But it's what that voice says that's different in Matthew than it is in in Mark and Luke. In Mark and Luke, it says, You are my son, the beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. As if it's a private conversation between Jesus and the voice from heaven. But in Matthew's gospel, it says, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. 
this message, this epiphany, this manifestation of who Jesus is, is meant for all who witness this baptism, for all who see what God is doing in this moment. It's not meant to be just this one-on-one relationship. It's meant to share. And so in Matthew's Gospel, many people point to this moment of Jesus' baptism as the moment in which Jesus' identity is shared with the Jewish people. Because it was Jewish people that were gathered there at the river to be baptized by John. So we have the the astrologers, the wise men, this message being shared to the Gentiles. And now we have this message being shared to the Jews as well. I think it's also important that we take some time to think, what does this baptism mean for us? There's a reason why this this Sunday morning the baptismal candle is here, the Christ candle is here next to the font. Because we start our journeys in this life in the waters of baptism. We start our journey by being claimed by God as one of God's beloved people, made holy by God through the waters of baptism. But it's also on the other end of life, when we die, that we also give thanks for that baptism because we see it as the fulfillment of the baptismal promises that we have received in Christ Jesus. So we live our entire life in this promise that starts in our baptism and is fulfilled in our death. Now I realized that even though I had really good notes in my notebook this morning, I forgot to tell you something this morning. But it ties into what I'm talking about. On your way in this morning, if you notice, there's a big spray of flowers down in the entryway. And the big spray of flowers came from a graveside service that happened yesterday. Uh, Evelyn Wick, who was a longtime uh, member here at Bethesda, died on the 7th. Uh, It was her graveside service yesterday, and uh, the family wanted those flowers to come here for us uh, to remember her in that way. But when we speak of somebody in their death, we speak of that death as a fulfillment of the promises made in baptism. We talk about it as, as being that next piece of the journey. Now, when I think about baptism, I think about the connection it makes between God's people. The way in which, as baptized members of, of, God's, of God's kingdom, of God's family, as baptized member of the body of Christ, what does that mean that we are joined together? Last week in Sunday school, and I mentioned this in my devotion on Monday, but I'm guessing some of you didn't read it, so I can say it again now and be okay with that. But I realized something in the midst of our Sunday school class last week that I hadn't realized before. Last Sunday during worship, we handed out Star Words. If you didn't get your Star Word, there are more at the front desk if you'd like to grab a Star Word. Star Word. And a star word is simply a word that we can use to kind of guide and shape our year. But what I recognized in the midst of our conversation last week during Sunday school is something that I had never recognized before. And that is 
Our star words belong in community just as much as we belong in community. That as we shared around the room what each other's star words were, then all of a sudden my brain was making the connection between their star word and their star word and how that helps to build us up as the body of Christ. And I had never put that together before. Sometimes the Holy Spirit moves and you're just like, whoa, I didn't see that before. So I have my star word here. My star word is to grow. I'm going to keep moving it, I think, in my Bible that it just travels with me throughout this year. But what I want to know is how does my word grow connect to your word? How do we connect these words together to build up who we are as the body of Christ gathered here in this place? And one of the things I think that's important for us to think about or to hear or to remember. One of the things that uh, we are doing uh, that happens in our world today um, is we, we, uh, we like to define one another uh, by how we're different. Uh, we like to define people by um, what separates us, what makes us uh, different from one another. And what that can do sometimes, it can force us or can cause us uh, to not look at each other as members of the body of Christ, as people that we share this baptismal identity with. And so as I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking about the fact that it all goes back to all of those places in Scripture where we're told where our true identity is found. And that our true identity is found in Christ Jesus. Not in human institutions that we make, not in relationships that we make in this human life, but they all have to lead us back to Christ Jesus. They have to lead us back to where Christ is leading us, where Christ is taking us in this moment. And when we don't do this, then we're like the builder who built our house on sand and not on the rock. As somebody else said, that expression that you only know if you've ever seen it, but then we're running around like a chicken with its head cut off because the head of Christ is not there. And sometimes this challenge, the struggle, is to step back and look and say, where is Christ leading us in this moment? How is Christ leading us in this moment? How is Christ trying to knit this body together as the people of God gathered together in this place? How is God speaking through little words on pieces of paper to help us to recognize how much we, are, how much we need one another? How much we rely on one another? How much when we work together, we work together to lift up Christ and what Christ has done for us and for the world. Jesus' baptism starts us on a journey that, that brings us as well to these baptismal waters. We're connected. We say it in the funeral service that we've been united to Jesus in a death like his. We'll be united in a resurrection like his. But that death begins in baptism. 
that death begins when we die to our old self and are raised to new life in him. That death begins each and every day when we acknowledge Christ as the one that we follow. That death comes each and every day when we turn away from the things of this world that want to draw us away from God. And instead turn towards the things that help us to draw towards God. You see, Jesus fulfilled all righteousness in those waters, in those baptismal waters. That righteousness fulfilled God's saving action in the world. And so it's from that water that all things flow out. It's from Christ where all things flow out. And so as we look at ourselves, as we turn, the thing about the word grow, and this is the thing I've been reflecting on the most, is that uh, you're either growing or you're dying. And so what does it mean to grow? What does it mean to grow in the midst of life? What does it even mean to grow in the midst of death? Because both are true and both can happen. But I'm curious. I'm curious how my little word connects to your little word, helps to knit this body together, helps to heal this body together, helps us to recognize one another as God's beloved people called to be here together. We hear it. We hear it, and we're going to hear it again in Matthew's Gospel at different times. There's going to be other epiphanies. There's other, going to be other times where we're going to see how, this, how what Christ is doing in the world is made manifest. And one of the things about Matthew's gospel that we're going to learn along the way is that Matthew's disciples aren't going to get it. No matter how many times Jesus says or somebody else says this is who Jesus is, the disciples are going to be really slow to get it. Every time I hear those words, every time I read those stories, I say thanks be to God. Because sometimes I'm awful slow to get it as well. And so I give thanks to a God who will keep telling the story. I give thanks to a God who will keep showing signs of God's action in the world around us. I give thanks for all of you who on the days I can't see it point out where God's active in the world around me. I give thanks for the community that Christ has made, a community joined in the waters of baptism, joined in our birth, and will be continued to be joined in our death. Amen.